0: We are the Rookie Phenoms. We have an amazing show for you today. I'm your host, Coop, with my main man, Webb.
1: What up, people?
0: We have an action-packed show today. We are going to break down the AFC East top to bottom. Webb, are you ready to do some dissecting today?
1: You know I'm ready, Coop.
0: I don't know that. You're 60% at best. 60% ready, I'd say. I'd say I'm 75. Not 100. Okay. Let's get right to it, Web. I want to break this down. I'm so excited. I had so much fun with the NFC East doing the AFC East today. I was really surprised by this division top to bottom. I thought it was going to be one way. And then how it ended for me in the breakdown, it was not what I thought it was going to be. Did you find that at all for yourself as well?
1: So before, when you mentioned that um, there were some things that surprised you, I didn't know what you're talking about, but there was a team that did surprise me. So I guess in a way I see what you're talking about. Like it wasn't as, it wasn't as straightforward as we as we expected.
0: Let's start with last year a little bit, the 2020 records of each team. Buffalo won the division at 13 and 3. Miami came second at 10 and 6. Pats third at 7 and 9. And the Jets were trash at 2 and 14. We're going to start with Buffalo first, alphabetical order, no preference. The Bills gave Josh Allen a 6-year contract worth over $250 million. With 150 million guaranteed, that was their biggest move from the offseason. Do you agree with that? That's the most important thing they did this offseason.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, and I guess the next big move was them locking up Daryl Williams, but definitely Josh Allen setting the market. I agree with you. Biggest move they made.
0: Okay, their head coach has not changed. It's still Sean McDermott. Their offensive coordinator Brian Dable. Some people thought he would get a head coaching job last year. He did not, so he's still there. And their defensive coordinator is still Leslie Frazier. Some people thought he would get ahead of coaching a job as well. But he is still there. Do you like these coaches? Because I think this is one of the premier coaching staffs in the NFL right now.
1: Yes, I do. I think this is uh, a coaching staff with some great experience, uh, trust, and uh, I have a lot of confidence in them. And they've, they've progressed each year.
0: I agree. They've gotten better. They've developed players very well. I'm a huge fan of this staff. Speaking of developing players, they had some draft picks. Their first round pick was Greg Rousseau, defensive end from Miami. Their second round pick was Boogie Basham, defensive end from Wake Forest. And the third round pick was Spencer Brown, a tackle from North Iowa. How, what did you think about them doubling up on defensive end in the first and second round? I, did, I liked Greg Rousseau. I was not as big a fan of Boogie Basham.
1: So I liked what the Bills did. Um, they don't have many holes. They're definitely areas that they can get deeper in, um, but the pass rush is something that they needed. So to me, I thought it was great what they did. Uh, I have no issue with their draft. I thought the Greg Russo uh, selection was was top-notch.
0: Free agency was pretty interesting for the Bills. They got a wide receiver in Emmanuel Sanders for one year, $6 million from New Orleans. He is 34 years old. Does that concern you at all? Because I have some issues. I still like the player, but the age is worrisome.
1: So for me, it's not the age as much as it is the injury history with Emmanuel Sanders. Um, so I think a player like Larry Fitzgerald, who's 38 by now, I would imagine, 37, 38, um, I would have more confidence in him than Emmanuel Sanders. He's just He just has a bad injury history. And then I guess with the age on top of that, it just seems like a recipe for a disaster. But, you know, he is depth in the receiving core.
0: I get what you're saying 100%. The injuries, I think the injuries are part of the age, though. As you get older, you get hurt more. But I like the player so much. He's been good for so long. When he's healthy, he's a, he's a really good player. They signed quarterback Mitchell Trubisky, one year, $2.5 million from Chicago. I love this deal, by the way. I think this is one of the best moves of the offseason. Trubisky is basically like a C version of Josh Allen. I think it's, the backup fit makes perfect sense. Do you like the fit in Buffalo?
1: I love it. And I like when teams uh, invest a lot, not necessarily money, but, you know, research and, uh, you know, personality into their backups. Because we see that these quarterbacks get hurt a lot more now and you need the backups Um to come in and play several games in the year. We don't know what's going to happen to Josh Allen, so Mitch is not a bad backup.
0: I was surprised he actually didn't get a starting job this offseason. He went to the playoffs, I think, once or twice. But I think him going to Buffalo and kind of learning under Josh Allen and the Brian Dayball staff makes more sense for him. Because if Dayball gets a head coaching job next year, he might take Trubisky with him. That's the best-case scenario, I think, for what Trubisky's planning. I think it's a good move.
1: Yeah, And he signed pretty early, right? Like hes he didn't wait until June or something to take that backup job. He took it really that, a,
0: for less yeah. money too.
1: Yeah. I think that says a lot about uh, Mitch in terms of his pride and the ego, like what he's willing to do to sacrifice to, you know, better himself in the long run.
0: I think a lot of NFL quarterbacks, you just mentioned that. It made sense to me because a lot of NFL quarterbacks will grow, go broke looking for the next job oh, I'm not a starter, I'm not going to play. Trubisky's seen guys like Case Keenum make a lot of money being backups and thought this might be a good way to go for me. I, I, I might never be a star, but I could make $40 million on the bench. If people like me, that's pretty good life. I'm not getting hit. I, 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 I'm okay with that life. Good for him.
1: And and this is a guy who was a number two overall pick just a few years ago. So, I mean, that didn't go to his head. Good for him. Like Johnny Football's... Uh, out of the league right now i don't see why he can't be a backup somewhere i mean at least
0: he's out of the canadian league too he's done yeah he
1: is he's just done football across the world he's done yeah
0: uh their last signing that i thought was kind of noticeable was jacob hollister the tight end from seattle for one year 1.1 million dollars he didn't play too much but when he played i thought he flashed quite a bit i like the move for buffalo were there any other signings that you thought were important for them
1: Uh on the offensive line side uh Forrest Lamp thought that was a little underrated as well just for some depth I don't know how much he's going to play but um I think in this in this game and on the offensive line you can never have too many positions uh sorry players at the position so um I like that they're making their team deeper and and strengthening both sides of the ball through the offseason
0: Okay with the free agent losses they didn't have too many that worried me. The big one, I love this guy more than anybody else, I think. It's John Brown, the receiver. He went to Vegas for one year, $3.75 million. But he is the most injured player in the league, almost. He's electric, but he also can't stay healthy. And it's crazy that Emmanuel Sanders is probably healthier than John Brown. Are, are the bill's going to miss John Brown in your mind. No. Nah. Fair enough, okay. And then two other losses, uh, tight end Tyler Croft to the Jets for one year, $2 million. And the defensive tackle, Quentin Jefferson, to Vegas for one year, $3.2 So nothing really big there, right? You agree with that? Pretty solid? Yeah, I agree. So Buffalo, they have some cap space still. They have $5.7 million, which is the 26th most cap space. So that is how their roster has changed from last season. Now let's preview their strongest unit and weakest unit. What do you have as the Bills' strongest unit?
1: so I have a tie here
0: no not, not a tie
1: I'll say a, a, a 1A and a 1B 1A being the secondary 1B being the depth at receiver so I really like their secondary quite a lot I think it's one of the best in the NFL and sorry the <laughs> the receivers uh, Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley Emmanuel Sanders uh, uh, Green Bay's Aaron Rodgers uh, favorite receiver Josh Kumro uh, Gabriel Davis Jake Kumro
0: Jesus sorry. Christ <laughs> Jake Coomero, sorry about
1: that. Jake Kumro. Anyway. That's why the Packers
0: uh, cut him because of people <laughs> like you.
1: Jake Kumro and Gabriel Davis. I think they have a really uh, deep receiving core. Stephon Diggs is obviously the 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 one elite receiver. I say that tentatively. I, I don't think Stephon Diggs is elite, but he had an elite season last year. So for right now, he had a really good season. But it's it's a lot of depth. They just need to stay healthy. I don't know if Cole Beasley can stay healthy. I don't know if Emmanuel Sanders can. But for now, I think they've surrounded Josh um, Allen with some, some solid weapons.
0: So I did not have the secondary make my list. I had my number one strongest unit as their receivers.
1: At least we disagreed, finally.
0: So Stefan Diggs, I think, is a great receiver. I'm not sure he's a top three receiver. But I think he's a top seven receiver pretty pretty easily in that top seven. Cole Beasley is the best slot receiver in football. There's no one better than him, which is insane. But he is... Pardon? I think you're forgetting Cooper Cup. But Cooper Cup, he's injured more. And he's kind of too big almost. Like, he plays in the outside a little bit too. But All right, fair. Those are the two best guys. Yeah, you're right. I should not slander Cooper Cup. Mando Sanders is old. Jake Coomer was so good at football... Aaron Rodgers is still mad at the Packers for cutting him. He still brings it up. Like, that's how good Jake Kumar is football. And Gabriel Davis had flashes last year. I think 1-5, to this might be the best receiver core in the league. I think it's up there.
1: It's definitely up there. I won't disagree with you. I probably have to, like, think about it. But it's definitely not a weakness of theirs.
0: And my runner-up was the defensive line. I think that they just have a lot of depth there. Like, you mentioned the secondary. Jerry Hughes can still play. Mario is still good. Greg Rousseau is an has an elite prospect. Like he could be a superstar. Star Lutale, Star Lutulele. It's a terrible name. Ed Oliver, Vernon Butler. These guys can all play play the run, play the pass. Like they they have no weaknesses there. That's a really strong unit. They can get after the pass. They can stop the run. I like this. I like this defensive line quite a bit. But solid,
1: solid sorry. line. <laughs> sorry. sorry,
0: solid line such a hater okay this team is not all it's not perfect they have some issues what do you think is their worst unit
1: so this is their worst unit I don't think that it's terrible but I don't like the backfield I do not like the backfield at all Zach Moss um and Devin Singletary I and Matt Breda I don't see one uh running back here who's going to get you a 1,000 yards on the ground. I could be wrong, but I'm not that confident in the running game. So that's why I think that's one of the reasons that the the Bills surrounded Josh Allen with all these receivers who can move the chains, because I don't know if they're going to get it done running the football.
0: I also have the backfield as their worst unit. Devin Singletary has some juice. like He can do some stuff, but I don't think he's consistent. Zach Moss is coming off a very serious injury. And Matt Breda is consistently hurt, so I think Zach Moss is the most likely of the three to have a thousand yards, but I would be genuinely shocked if he did it. I I think Devin Singletary should be like a a swing catcher at the backfield, like that kind of guy. I don't think he's a run the ball through the tackle kind of guy. He's too slender for that. Alvin Kamara is basically the only guy that his has the same body type as him. That can run through the tackles in the league. That's the only guy. And Devin Singletary is not Alvin Kamara.
1: Who was your runner-up
0: as worst, worst unit? What was the runner-up? Because mine uh, was the tight ends.
1: Mine was the interior offensive line.
0: Also problems there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the tight ends, like, Josh Allen has great receivers, but poor, poor running backs, a pretty mediocre tight end group, and the interior of their line, it could definitely use some help. I agree with you 100%.
1: Yeah, so all those reasons you mentioned are one reason or one sort of uh, issue that I have with this division being straightforward. I thought this was a clear cut. Buffalo was going to run away with this, but uh, maybe not. I agree with
0: you. So I do think this is a really good team, though. Uh, They paid Josh Allen a lot of money. This team doesn't have too many holes. I think it's not terrible anywhere. It's not great some places, but I don't think it's garbage. But, and I do want to mention this. The NFL has put this new policy in effect where if you get COVID and you have been vaccinated, there is no issue. You will not lose any money. You will not lose games. But if you are unvaccinated and you get COVID, the team could lose games. The NFL will cancel the game. Everyone doesn't get paid. Cole Beasley and John Feliciano have basically said they don't believe in the vaccine. They're not getting it. So it's possible that this is an attitude in Buffalo. Where this could play in the, later in the season, I do have some serious concerns about that happening later. If Cole Beasley gets COVID and infects seven people, or has been contract tasting with seven people, they could not have a game this year. They could lose two games this year. That is a serious concern to me, and I don't think people are talking about it really. But I genuinely think that could happen. But after saying that, well, do you agree with me that that is a possibility, or am I blowing this out of proportion?
1: Yeah, it's definitely a possibility. It's a it's a a sensitive issue. And you're right, it's kind of flown under the radar in the media. Um, so I'm not going to say too much on it, but I definitely can see what you anticipate happening.
0: This isn't, a, this isn't commentary on the benefits of the vaccine. This is just on NFL policy. If you get it and you're not vaccinated, they'll, t- they'll lose the game. Yeah, That's strictly yeah. on that policy. And it could be an issue for them. What do you think their record is this season,
1: Webb? So my thing is the Bills improved, but I think well, I'll get into it later. Twelve and five is what I have for the Bills. So there's a seven. It's a 17 game schedule this year. Um, they won 13 games last year. Twelve and five isn't a huge step back, but um, it's a somewhat competitive division. So that's what I see for them.
0: I don't like this web. We agree. I had them at 12 and five as well. I think the team is, if not better, they're comparable. But teams will see them coming this year. No one thought Josh Allen was going to be this good last year. It's possible he takes a minor step back because they're prepared for him. I think 12-5 and is a very respectable record for this team this year. So good. I don't like when we agree, though. It makes me worried.
1: Yeah, something's it's, up.
0: Yeah. Okay, alphabetical order. The Miami Dolphins are next. In 2020, they went 10 and 6 I think their biggest off-season story was they let Ryan Fitzpatrick go, because they want to see if Tua is capable of being an elite quarterback. Do you think this is their biggest thing from the off-season? Is that the most? That's the thing you're taking away from this off-season. I think for me, that's the biggest, the biggest takeaway for me.
1: I agree with you. Um, They have crafted this team to being a position to make the playoffs and have Tua carry them. So I think if this team does poorly, it's going to reflect on Tua and he's going to bear the brunt of the criticism and they'll move on from him. So I agree. Their head
0: coach is still Brian Flores. They have two offensive coordinators, George Godsey and Eric Studesville. And their defensive coordinator is Josh Boyer. Do you like this coaching staff? Because you and I both had, I think, Brian Flores as the coach of the year. Or top three in coach of the year last year. I can't remember where, but it was very high up in that
1: ranking. Like Flores, it's it's interesting because I don't know how Tua is going to do. So if Tua does not develop in Miami, I don't know how I feel about um, the offensive coordinator and the quarterback's coach. Um, so for me, I'm not that sold on the rest of the coaching staff like I am with Buffalo.
0: Very fair. Okay, they had a lot of draft picks because Houston just way overpaid for Laramie Dunsell. So in the first round, they had the sixth pick. They took Jalen Waddell, wide receiver from Alabama. I hated this pick at the time. Webb, you also hated it. Not that Jalen Waddle will not be a good player, but I will say till I die, they should have taken Penesu'o, Suo, the left tackle from Oregon, and I am furious they did this.
1: Am I wrong? You're 100% right. Um, I don't see why they wouldn't have gotten to us some protection. Maybe even allow his numbers to look a lot better this second season. I, I I hated this pick. I don't hate the player, like you said. Just the wrong uh, decision to make. Trying to be too cute. And I think it's going to backfire really badly. I
0: agree. With the 18th pick in the first round, they took Jalen Phillips, a defensive end from Miami. He has some injury concerns. He quit football for a time because of injuries. But I think he was the most physically gifted pass rusher in this draft. And if it wasn't for the injuries, he probably would have been a top five pick. So I like the move for
1: Miami there. I agree with you. Uh, I also really like the Liam Eichenberg pick as well. Luckily, they they sort of made up to me that Jalen Waddle pick somewhat. Not completely, but they made some good picks afterwards where I didn't hate their draft.
0: So yeah, in round two, they took Javon Holland, a safety from Oregon, and Liam Eichenberg, a tackle from Notre Dame. Uh, during the draft process, I kept telling Webb how much I love this guy. Ikeberg, I thought was maybe my third favorite tackle in the draft. He went in second round. Uh, there are concerns about his short arms not playing tackle. I don't have those concerns. And I am rooting for him to succeed because I want Tua to succeed. I am like Tua's biggest fan. And I think it's going to, I'm really hoping I don't look stupid this year. That's my point. I really don't want to look dumb, but I agree with Webb. Uh, besides the Jalen Waddle pick, I thought they had a pretty good draft. I think they did did well, besides getting too cute with Jalen Waddle. I agree. And the reason, another reason I really hated that Jalen Waddle pick was in free agency, they basically signed Jalen Waddle and Will Fuller. One year, $10.6 million from Houston. They do the same thing. I think Waddle might be a little more dynamic, but they're similar-ish players. If you can get the guy in free agency, why don't you... like? You're never getting Penny Sewell in free agency. He's not becoming available. So that was the first signing. They signed Jacoby Brissett, one year, $5 million from Indy. As a quality backup, I think he might get more playing time this year than you think. They got Matt Skira, a center from Baltimore, for one year, $1.75 They got Jason McCarthy, a cornerback from New England, for one year. Were, yeah. Were there any other signings you thought were important for Miami this year? I think those were the main ones for me, but I could be talked to matching a few more. You have to. Man. Yeah,
1: I think you mentioned the main ones. Uh, just some of the 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 smaller ones. Justin Coleman, depth at the uh, the cornerback position, I liked, and uh, DJ Fluker, tackle. Just some more depth. Um, I, I I thought those were really good moves. In addition to the ones that you mentioned.
0: Yeah, they do. They did have some losses though, and they basically all went to New England for some reason. So their defensive tackle Devon Godshay. Two years, $15 million to New England. They cut Kyle Van Noy, kind of, and he went back to New England for two years, $12 million. I think they gave him like $50 million the year before, right? Is that right?
1: They gave him a lot of money, yeah.
0: I still think he's pretty good. Uh, they lost center Ted Karras, one year, $3 million to New England. And they lost their best quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick, one year, $10 million to Washington. I think those were the main losses to me. Was there anyone I left out?
1: No, you hit, you hit the big ones.
0: Cap space, they have $8 million left. They have the 21st most cap space in the league. I think this this team is kind of weird to me. I think we're going to agree on the strongest unit. It's the cornerbacks because they have Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. Xavier Howard, sorry. Those are two of the best 10 corners in football, maybe. But behind them, there isn't much depth there. I don't like the backups. I don't like their nickel corner, really. Did you have the cornerbacks as their strongest unit?
1: Yes, I did. Um... And I you know, like having Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, McCourty, Justin Coleman, I thought that's to me that's great. Um I think that's a really deep unit. I had another position that I had under um the corners. Did you? I
0: literally wrote question mark
1: as the runner up. Really? I had a I runner did, up.
0: I, I thought for a long time and I just do not love any other position group on this team? I have some questions basically everywhere. Where did you think? What did you have them? I, I I thought about the defensive line for a little bit, but I was like, ah, there's some there's some questions here. What did what did you have?
1: The receiving core. I think it's solid. That's I don't like. I don't like the Jalen Waddle pick from Miami, but that doesn't mean he's not a good player um, or has the potential to be a good player. I think Devontae Parker, Will Fuller. <coughs> Jalen Waddle, I think that's solid. I think that's really dynamic. Preston um, Williams was
0: pretty good last year. Yeah, Matt he Collins was. has some stuff a little bit.
1: Uh, he, Preston, uh, Preston filled in uh last year for Devonta, I believe. They have Alan Hearns as well. Uh Jakeem Grant had a couple good games. Albert Wilson. It's it's not bad. Like I think it's I think it's a solid receiving core. They just need to stay healthy. Like, especially uh Will Fuller, of all people. Um and, and Devontae Parker after they gave that big payday, <laughs> uh, couldn't stay healthy. So I think that's you know the runner up to me.
0: You talked me into it. I was too hard on them. You're right. That is a good receiving core. I, th- I think my issue was that Will Fuller and Jalen Waddle. I don't think they play at the same time. I guess they're going to have to, cause, but it's just a weird fit to me, but the players are good. You're right. They're all good players there. They have some depth. You're right. That's a good, that's a good unit.
1: Every now and again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, what do you have as their weakest line?
1: I have a tie. I'm listening. Offensive line and the backfield.
0: We have the exact same thing again, man. This is crazy.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: I had it I had Mal- I had the running backs as my worst and O line as second. Uh the running backs, Malcolm Brown, Miles Gaskin, Lynn Bowden, Patrick Laird, a whole bunch of nothing. Like, are any of these Great. guys are you worried about them? Like I'm not at all.
1: No, that's the correct order. Backfield and then the O-line.
0: The O-line, the the reason I had the O-line second was they have used high draft picks on guys. They've spent resources there, but none of them have done anything yet. Robert Hunt was a high pick. Austin Jackson was a high pick. Eichenberg was a high pick. They have made an effort, but it's a really young unit. So I'm not sure they're going to be good this year. Like I I have no idea how they're going to play. They could end up being really good. But I have serious concerns about how well, how well they're going to be this year.
1: I agree with you on that. This team is going to be very interesting.
0: So to me, this season is all about if Tua Tagovailoa is the guy or not. He has weapons. They try to improve the outline. Their defense should be solid. What do you have their record as this year, Webb?
1: So I have their record as uh, something that I dropped. I have them winning 10 games. So 10 and 7 as their record. Which I think is respectable um but my concern is them running the football my concern is Tua, as we talked about my concern is the offensive line uh and health in this team um yeah i don't know how the pass rush is going to be there's a lot of minor things they need to work out and if they don't get them uh sorted out early i think you know they're not going to win games against big teams
0: so em i think this is our first gigantic disagreement in the series you had them going ten and seven. I had them going five and eleven. Wow!
1: <laughs> wow! Whoa!
0: I love Tua, and I hope I'm wrong. I really do, but I looked through this roster the same way you did, and I was like, he has no running game. The offensive line might not be good, and last year he couldn't throw the ball more than seven yards. He was incapable of doing it. You draft you have you drafted a running a receiver, and you signed a receiver. Who are big play guys they run far they throw he has to throw it 40 yards to them if he can't do that what good are those two receivers that's what they do so i have some real questions for how this team lines up i just i think the defense was better last year than this year i think some of those guys that they lost were good players kyle van Noy is a good player belichick took him back immediately Who's I guess I'll take him back, please. Thank you. I think they're going to miss these guys more than we think. And I think Miami, it's going to be a tough year for them. Five and 11. I really, I hope I'm wrong because I want to and it'd be good. But I have my doubts. I have my serious, serious doubts.
1: Damn. That's a huge disagreement. Like, I have double the wins that you have. Five and 11. Um, Sorry, five and 12. That's you know they're going to win crazy. seven
0: games now, right? Yeah. Like, right exactly. in the middle for us?
1: <laughs> exactly. Wow. Um. So my reasoning is, I really believe in these corners. But then I saw Xavier and Howard complaining already that he wasn't paid properly. And that did not give me a lot of confidence that this team is going to have some good morale in the locker room. So Um,
0: that was part of my reasoning, too, was Miami, he had four years left on his deal. And Miami caved and paid him immediately. Like, okay, here's some more money. Here's four years left and they caved. I was like, how bad is the depth? If they're like, oh sorry, here's four years, here's some more money, sir. Like that means something's yeah. going on there that we're not seeing. <laughs>
1: yeah. That
0: factored yeah. in my decision a
1: little bit. Yeah. I uh you know it's really hard to justify my ten wins. Um other than they're playing the AFC South. So I think <laughs> So I think that should uh that should be good for about uh you know eight wins right there. No, I'm joking. You play Tennessee. So it's about six wins. Um sorry, three wins. Um. So I'll. I don't know, man. The running game. The running game. I think is going to be bad. They have really good receivers, and if Tua can sling it, they can have some exciting games. But he may not be protected. So, and if he's scared to throw, like, God, since so and, and seven looks a little uh, shaky now, but I'm okay.
0: Tua, Tua was a gunslinger in college. I thought coming out he would be a gunslinger, like a deep thrower I thought that's what he was going to do. That's why I liked him so much. And last season, he just was not capable of doing that. I'm not sure if it was the hip injury or how the offense was taught to him, how he the plays he was allowed to run. If they open it up to him, I think he is fully capable, if the health holds up, of being a gunslinger and having a 10-win team. And I, I honestly hope you're right, because I want him to succeed. But I just think that they don't trust him. If they don't trust him to throw more than 10 yards, he won't do it. So, one of us is going to look right soon. And one of us is going to look real dumb. And I'm hoping it's me, but it's <laughs> probably you.
1: Uh, <laughs> Honestly, like, it, it's going to be interesting. I really want to see how Miami starts up. So.
0: Okay, the New England Patriots are up next. In 2020, they went 7-9. and nine. I think the, their biggest storyline from the offseason was Tom Brady revenge. They went full out on the offseason, drafting a new quarterback, signing basically everybody. Bill Belichick was not going 7-9 again. This was the whole, I'm rebuilding it as soon as possible because I am not having Tom Brady beat us again. Do you agree with me?
1: Oh, for sure. There was a chip on the shoulder of the Patriots. Like, they went crazy. First day, too. They don't normally do that. They never do that. It was
0: crazy. But they signed everybody. Our free agent, we had predictions for for every player, and we looked terrible because now they
1: all went to New England.
0: (laughs) We were wrong on everybody. Uh, Is any
1: consolation... They've lost some of those players already.
0: <laughs> it is a little bit. Hey, okay. uh, their head coach is named Lucifer. Sorry, that's spelled wrong. It's Bill Belichick. Is the name of the coach? Their offensive, their offensive coordinator is Josh McDaniels, and they have no defensive coordinator. But it's kind of Matt Patricia. I think he's back there, right? They just won't give him the job because they're jerks.
1: I actually forgot that he was back. Good so for him.
0: did so did the league. Honestly, this guy's a rocket scientist and he can't even be a defensive coordinator. That must be embarrassing at his house. Like went, <laughs> You could work for NASA? Come on. Wow. So they brought Cam Newton back. He is still there. And In the draft, they drafted as maybe a replacement in Mac Jones, round one, quarterback from Alabama. I loved Mac Jones in the draft. I thought he... I knew the Patriots were going to get him and I was furious about it the whole offseason. Do you like this fit in New England?
1: Yeah, it's, You know what, I was surprised that the Pats took a quarterback where everyone expected them to take one, but I like it. There's a lot of parallels with Brady. Um, At least they're trying to make a lot of parallels with Brady. Physique, build, all that stuff. So
0: it's going to be interesting. In the second round, they took Christian Barmore, defensive tackle from Alabama. And in round three, they took Ronnie Perkins, a linebacker from Oklahoma. I really liked Christian Barmore. I thought he was probably the best defensive tackle in this draft. He fell because of work issues, like work ethic issues. People didn't think he worked too hard. But Coach Saban and Belichick are best friends for 40 years. So I'm going to assume Saban gave Belichick the word that, no, this guy's a hard worker. And some positive stuff, so he took him. I like this draft. I really do. I think they have good players. I am furious about it, but I think they, they did a good job.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Normally, it's a hit or miss with the Pats and their draft, but um, I liked it. I liked the Christian Barmore pick the best as well for the Pats.
0: And then in free agency, they went absolutely insane. They got outside linebacker Matt Judon, four years, $54 million from Baltimore. They got two tight ends, Jonu Smith, four years, $50 million from Tennessee, and then came back like an hour later. And got Hunter Henry three years, $37.5 million from the L.A. Chargers.
1: Already hurt. He got hurt when? Uh, I think it was in, pra- in practice. I think he's Hunter out for Hen- like three weeks.
0: Hunter Henry got hurt. I don't believe it. He is <laughs> the picture of health, in my opinion. Uh, I never root for players to get hurt. But Hunter Henry being hurt is the least surprising thing I've heard in my life. Yeah, Probably why they got two of them. It was a smart move by them.
1: And why the Chargers were fine with him going.
0: Yeah. Uh they signed Jalen Mills a safety, four years, twenty-four million from Philly. They got Nelson Aguilar, the receiver, two years, twenty-two million from Vegas. Got Kyle Van Noy, the linebacker, two years, twelve million from Miami. And the list keeps going. They got David Andrews, they re-signed him. The center four years, 19 million. They got defensive end Henry Anderson, two years, seven million from the Jets. They got another receiver in Kendrick Bourne, three years, 15 million from San Fran. And the last guy was the defensive tackle Devon Gotchow, two years, 15 million from Miami. They literally signed everybody. They gave like 150 million dollars in contracts right away. Do you like some of these moves? Do you hate some of the moves? What do you think happened? What do you think they did here that was good or bad?
1: I liked what they did. They needed, <clears throat> sorry, the only thing I didn't really care for. That they did were the receivers i thought they could have um tried to get someone like Corey davis or something someone like that uh if they were going after receivers because they need receivers that was one of their areas of weakness in 2020 um in addition to other areas um i like the offensive line that they were trying to shore up uh and i like that they went after the two tight ends hunter henry and uh john U. smith i really like what they did and it, the, the aggression that they had.
0: I agree with you. The aggression was great. Uh, last year, the, the roster was just missing a lot of good players. He's been striking out in the draft for years. Brady hid most of that for a long time. But he's such a good coach. He was able to get mediocre players to play well. This year, he got good players who are probably going to play great. He's the best coach in the league. And I disagree with you about Kendrick Bourne the receiver. I think he's actually a pretty good player. He's not like a he's not great, but he's like really good number four. Maybe a number three. And they didn't have anybody like him last year. Like they didn't have any number fours last year. They had a team of number sevens. So just getting NFL players in there, I think is good. They overpaid for Aguilar, like you said. But he's their best player on receiving by like a lot. It's crazy that he's their best receiver. He shouldn't be, but he is. They had to pay to get him, I guess.
1: Yeah. And then they have Cam and Mac Jones as their the quarterbacks, so We'll see what happens. I don't know what the passing game is going to look like, but we'll see what happens. So that's what I was going to, exactly what you just said there. I think
0: their plan is to underutilize the receivers. This is going to be a tight end offense with a running game. They're not going to throw very much in the, the receivers. A lot of stuff over the middle, eight yards, and then go to work with the running backs. Like, I think that's their plan. It's what they did with Brady early on. They won those Super Bowls with defense and Tom Brady not messing things up. That's all they did. He wasn't good this first <laughs> couple of years. He just didn't mess things up.
1: I know. It's funny how the narrative changes and how people's memories uh, change when you when you start to win. They forget all of that.
0: Yeah. It's the Mandela effect. People think he's good for some reason. They changed their opinion. of Oh, he played great all year. No, he was terrible as a rookie or second year. He just didn't lose games. Got to hate him. Uh, they had some losses in free agency. They lost their guard Joe Thoney five years, 80 million to Kansas City. One of the biggest contracts handed out this year. I think to a free agent, he might have been the biggest contract. Which is crazy for a guard. They lost Rex they their running back, one year, one point five million to Houston. And they lost their cornerback, Jason McCarthy, one year, one point two to Miami. I think the Joe Thuney loss is pretty big, but besides that, they didn't lose much.
1: Yeah, I agree. Joe Thoney was a big loss and McCourty, I mean, I was surprised that he stayed with his, his brother still being there. Sorry, he left with his brother still being there. That continuity was there for a long time, so that was interesting to me. At least, uh, like, intangibles-wise.
0: I'm thinking that maybe he he didn't leave, he was pushed out the door. He's 34, maybe they're like, your brother's better, you're not that good anymore, good luck.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: <laughs> Bill Belichick would do that, separate siblings. He would do some scumbag stuff like that, eh?
1: I don't know what's with you and 34-year-olds today. Who else is 34? You're just targeting Emmanuel Sanders. You're just targeting all the 34-year-olds today and just saying they're over the hill.
0: I liked Emmanuel Sanders. You insulted him. I defended him. I defended that young man. (laughs) Uh, They have some cap space. They have $14.6 million, the 10th most cap space in the league. So good for them. Uh, I think their strongest unit is their coaching staff, by the way. But I'm not going to count that as one of their units. So what do you have as their strongest unit, Webb?
1: The strongest unit, they have strength here, but the strongest unit to me, uh, the secondary. And it's the same as, as last year to me. The secondary was the strongest. Uh, Stefan Gilmore, who's fallen off quite a bit from that first year that he was uh, in New England, or the, I can't remember which one it was, first or second year, that he was exceptional. I think he won defensive player of the year, right?
0: I think that was his first year, yeah. Yeah, or and he, it was two years ago. I think he won Defensive Player yeah. of the Year.
1: He he was exceptional. Uh, J.C. Jackson, uh, Jonathan Jones, uh, uh, Devin McCourty, and now they have Jalen Mills. Like I think it's a very strong secondary. But I have another unit that is uh, like a one B.
0: I did not have their co- uh, cornerbacks as their number one unit. I did not agree with that. I think they're very good. I think this team has a lot of good units though which makes me upset, but I had their strongest unit as their defensive line. It was surprising to me, but they just have a bunch of guys I like. Christian Barrymore, I like. Henry Anderson is a really good player. And Davon Gutsche, they paid him a bunch of money to like him. Chase Winovich is a high-effort guy. They signed Matt Judon. Kyle Van Noy's back. These are all guys that Bill Belichick knows how to utilize. He is one of the best at skimming up pass rush in the league. I have no doubt. This will be an elite defensive line just because he's better at using them than anyone else in the league. It's just he's so good at it that these guys will perform. And I am sh- corners can change every year, but Bill Belichick is consistently good at stop at like defensive line though. I don't know how he does it. He's the only guy that can do it. The players at cornerback are better at
1: than I agree with you.
0: They're better players there, but I think the defensive line will end up having a better year. That makes sense.
1: Makes sense. That's fair. Um, and I do think they're strong. But I think that I also have the offensive line as a strong unit. That's been pretty consistently strong for the Patriots. Um, they have, uh, they brought Brack back Trent Brown. Uh, Shaq Mason still there. They re-signed David Andrews. <clears throat> Drafted Isaiah Winlatt, sorry, a few years ago, who's been solid left tackle. So I think the they need a strong unit here to protect Cam Newton for however long that he plays or Mac Jones.
0: Their offensive line is good. The Patriots are great at having offensive linemen. Shaq Mason might be like the third best guard in the league. Trent Brown, for some reason, is terrible in Vegas, but is great in New England. I don't understand how that works, but he's great. They just have good players everywhere. I agree with you. They're great. They were not my runner-up, though. My runner-up was the tight ends, getting Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. And that's because of what I mentioned earlier, that I just think those two guys are the focus of the offense this year. When they're both healthy, that's how the offense is going to run. I could see both guys having 800 yards. Like I really could see that happening as long as health comes into play, obviously, but I think they are their two biggest receivers by a large margin this year. So I think those guys are going to show up.
1: I agree with you. If both of those guys can get 800 yards, the Pats will be in very good hands. I just don't know if both of those guys can hold up. Definitely not Hunter Henry.
0: 100%, but.
1: I agree. Yeah. John U. Smith
0: is he hurt a lot? I don't remember him being hurt too often.
1: I remember him hurting his knee a few years ago. I don't know if he's like, he's nowhere near Hunter Henry level of
0: nobody, but
1: yeah. But I remember (laughs) a few years ago he got hurt. Yeah. He hasn't played a full season except for uh, his first year. No, sorry. His first year and his third year, he played a full season, but his second year and last year he did not.
0: Okay. Fair enough. Uh, what do you have as this team's weakest unit? I think we're gonna agree here. I'd be very shocked if we didn't.
1: Uh, the receivers, for sure. I think that's the the, the weakest. And I have a, I have a runner up. Do you? What's that? I do. Quarterback. Me too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the receivers. Aguilar isn't a. He's not a bad receiver, but he's not special. Kendrick Bourne out is a four. Nikhil Harry was a bust. It's just yeah, like the offense is all tight ends and running backs. What was your reasoning for the quarterbacks?
1: M was very bad. Uh, and he's. it looks like he's a starter um, going into the season. I don't know if he's much better. I think, I think you're right. They're probably going to design the game plan to ensure that he uh, doesn't make many mistakes, that he doesn't get exposed much. But I don't know if he's much better. I don't know what happens when defenses or good defenses uh, counter what the Pats are trying to do on offense. Like, is he going to look like a deer in headlights? Is he just going to be throwing balls into the ground? I don't know. And then Mac Jones might not be ready right away uh, to perform. So they have two unknowns.
0: I basically have the exact same thing as you. The thing is, if Cam shoulder is healthy, he's one of the best 12 quarterbacks in football. That's a huge if, because it hasn't been healthy for two years now. And I love Cam Newton. I want him to do well, but... His shoulder might be just ruined forever. I don't know how it feels. So how do you think Cam Newton is the starter for the full season? I think that is the most important question about how their record is. How many games is Cam Newton a starter for out of 17?
1: Yeah, I think I think you're right. So if they're if they're winning with Cam, I think they stick with Cam. But let's say the Pats are, I don't know, three and five to start the year. I don't know. I, I, I imagine they would pull him. Maybe they don't even wait that long.
0: I do not think they wait that long. I think he is done after the Tampa Bay game. Tampa Bay comes October 3rd. That is one, two, three, four, week four. Uh, Mac Jones is the quarterback week five at the Texans. I would be shocked if he wasn't starting by then. I, I think Cam Newton, the thing is, he's really durable. Besides his shoulder, he doesn't get hurt. He's not missing a game. It's just that injury that won't go away. Their first four games are uh, Miami, the Jets, New Orleans, and then Tampa Bay. I think probably two and two. That's enough. They're going to move on to Mac Jones by week five. And because of that, I have them going 10 and seven with Mac Jones. I think he is going to be asked to do very little, to not lose the games. Their defense is going to show out. Their running game. Is really good. I I really like Damian Harris quite a bit. He was excellent for them last year. James White is still one of the best pass catchers in football. Sony Michelle is a first round pick that's been a bust, but maybe there's something there. The tight ends, the defense. I think this team goes ten and seven. I think they're going to be in the playoffs this year. I don't think Belichick misses the playoffs two years in a row. What is your prediction for their record?
1: Well, I have the Pats going eleven and six. Close, close, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think this defense is gonna be pretty good. I think the offense will struggle sometimes. I'm not as high on the running game as you are. Damien Harris is good. Um, but I don't know if he's a I don't think he's a a one thousand yard uh runner. I don't know if he's even nine hundred yards, but maybe he is. I think it depends. Uh and the, the the running game I'm not that confident in, and I'm not that confident in Cam. Maybe Mac Jones comes in week five after um Brady comes back to Foxborough, but um, I think the defenses and the offensive line is a reason why I, uh, I like this team to win like around what you said, 10, 11 games.
0: Yeah. I think if Cam Newton is old Cam Newton, this team is probably going to the Super Bowl. by the way, because Belichick is just smarter than everybody. He'll figure things out. It's probably going to be the middle ground though with Mac Jones. I, I agree with you, but uh he's Harris is not going to get a thousand yards because just Pat's running backs don't get that many carries. It's always, they share way too much. They're going to get each got like 10 carries a game, eight carries a game, not going to do too much. So Damian Harris is going to struggle for that. But I think talent wise, he's a thousand yard runner and a different offense, but we'll see. Uh, I like how I like that. We disagree, but we're close here, which means we're both probably wrong, which is an issue. Hmm. I have my doubts now. I have my doubts, Webb. I have my doubts now.
1: I mean, how bad did the, could the Pats be? What's their What's their floor here?
0: That's kind of my point. With that defense in Belichick, they're not going to go like three and fourteen. It's never going to happen. They're a professional team. He won't allow it. Right. If he has to do some things, like <laughs> he's got to start spying again, he'll start spying again. He's not going. Yeah. He's not going to lose. It's not going to yeah. happen. It's going to be a fun year, though, man. I can't wait. Uh, yeah. Mac Jones, I think Mac Jones is good, man. I think he's really good. But well, we'll see. The last team up. It's the New York Jets. In 2020, they went 2-14. I think the their biggest story from this offseason was they were on track to get Trevor Lawrence. And then Adam Gase even screwed that up by winning two games. They got Zach Wilson instead. And I think them missing out on Trevor Lawrence is their biggest story of the offseason. Do you have it as something different?
1: Yeah, I had it as something different. I, I thought them missing out on Trevor Lawrence was a big story in the like the end of the regular season. But... I think them taking Zach Wilson over Trey Lance was a bigger story. Not to say that, I mean, the jury's out as to who's right, who's wrong. Uh, because I'm, I've heard some pundits say that this, the 49ers shouldn't have taken Trey Lance. Some said that they loved it. But um, I, to me, Zach Wilson, them having that confidence in number two, taking him over Trey Lance, uh, and maybe even Mac Jones for some people. I and think Justin Joseph Fields. Jones. And Justin Fields. Jesus, I forgot about Justin Fields. Yeah, so that was that was huge to me.
0: I think I had Zach Wilson as my number five quarterback. I am quite positive I had the order as Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson. You guys can fact check me out there. I might have had Trey Lance three... Uh, Mac Jones four, but I think it was Mac Jones three. I am not a big Zach Wilson guy. I think people see traits that Patrick Mahomes has and Aaron Rodgers has, and think the rest of it will follow. And I think that almost never works. There's there's very few guys who are going to be able to do that consistently. It happens in the NBA a lot more. You draft a guy for traits, and those guys almost always fail. I think they're doing it in football now, and I think he's going to fail. I don't believe.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Like the highlights of uh, Zach Wilson with the. Unorthodox normal passes and the the sort of cool plays and the and the the, the ballsy things that he does that that, that ends up working. Um people are trying to replicate that. It's crazy. I I also didn't really like his demeanor that much that I've seen. He's very smug from what I can see. Out of all the quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence seemed humble, and it doesn't mean he's not confident, but I just mean humble. Justin Fields seemed very humble. Uh, Trey Lance, Matt Jones, <laughs> the Colts' uh, potential uh, starting quarterback, Sam Ellinger. Um, God, I, hate you, of- I hate you so much. I you so much. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the thing is, I didn't see that coming,
0: and I hate you so much for doing we're doing. Cause I was like, where's it going with this? Just a dab of my heart. You're the poorest <laughs> person.
1: Yeah, I didn't like his demeanor too much, but that's that's an aside. Well, Let's see how he plays on the field.
0: He seems like a guy that would try and fight you at a bar wearing a polo shirt. And the polo <laughs> shirt's definitely made by the cost. Like that's definitely gonna happen.
1: Yeah, and he has the colour up.
0: So I I agree with you that he did look weird during the draft season, but I read an article about him where apparently he was delivering food for Uber Eats during the last season. So I'm hoping that maybe he was just nervous during media stuff, and that he is humble. But I think in New York if he's nervous, it's gonna eat him alive. Like I just, I, 100%, I agree with you that the media stuff was weird. Maybe he's better personal, like person to person. But I think that he's gonna struggle in that department. And that you're hundred percent right about that. People are not gonna like him.
1: Yeah, I agree with you, especially after Sam Darnold, who did not seem smug at all. He seemed uh, somewhat stoic. Um, he was trying to copy Eli Manning, I think. Yeah, he was trying yeah. to do that.
0: And it just doesn't work. You have to have that built in. And most people aren't built like that. It's really hard to do.
1: It's tough. It's tough to just have that stoic personality, especially in New York. Eli did it very well for a long period of time until they benched him. But but, His brother's brother's in the Hall
0: of Fame. He's going to, okay? Enough Eli Lander here. (laughs) The Jets fired Adam Gase. They brought in some some new blood. Their head coach is former defensive coordinator in San Francisco, Robert Sala. Their offensive coordinator is Mike LaFleur. That is Santa Green Bay's head coach's brother, right? And their defensive coordinator is Jeff Ulbrich. I believe he was brought from, San, from the Rams or San Francisco. Which one was that? He
1: must be from San Fran. I think so, yeah. Okay,
0: so that is their new, their brain trust. I like, I like Robert Salo a lot, by the way. I thought he was excellent in San Francisco. I'm rooting for him. I was surprised he took this job. I thought he was going to Detroit, but he took this job pretty early. I guess the number two pick influenced him. I think Michael Fleur, if he's anything like his brother, is probably capable of designing a good offense. I think they have some good pieces in mind in this, in the in the house to not destroy things. Do you think it's a good unit?
1: I think it's solid. I don't see any yeah, issues. You're right. With
0: it. Sorry. I was agreeing with you. You're right. You're right. There's it's not great. They have some upside, but I agree with you that they're they're not terrible people. They have upside. I agree with you. That's a good call.
1: I want to see uh, Robert Salah do, do well. Like, he was a real fun personality on the sidelines um, in San Fran.
0: Is he crazy that we just root for guys we like? He just seemed like a good guy. You have no idea about the coaching. Like, he could be terrible, but you're rooting for him. But I know. We both know what they're doing, but the average fan just sees a guy going crazy in the sidelines. They're like, I want this guy to succeed. I think just having a personality as a head coach is a huge part of the job. If people like you, they don't want to fire you. So I hope he's good. I agree. In the draft, they had the second pick. They lost out the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. They took Zach Wilson, quarterback, BYU. In round one, they traded up to take Elijah Ver Tucker, the guard from USC. I thought he could play tackle. They're having him at guard. And then in round two, they took Elijah Moore, receiver from Mississippi. Uh, some people said, the analytics community, that he was the best receiver in this draft. Most upside. Do you like these draft picks, Webb?
1: Didn't like the Zach Wilson pick, but I loved the Elijah Vera Tucker pick. And I love the Elijah Moore pick for the value. Um I can't remember how many receivers went in the first round. I don't remember if it was five or six. It was it was quite a bit. And there was a little there were a few that went in the in the first half and then a few that went in the last half. Um thought it was great value. So I love Elijah Vera Tucker, I love Elijah Moore. I like the Michael Carter pick as well, uh, fourth round, running back out of uh, UNC. Um, that was a solid, solid, pick. Sorry, solid draft that they had.
0: It was five receivers that went in the first round. I just looked it up while you were talking. I agree. I thought their draft was pretty good. Uh, I would have taken Zach Wilson. I think he fits the specifics. I guess because Mike LaFleur's brother has Aaron Rodgers. He thinks he can get the most out of him. So I think this is the best spot for Zach Wilson to go to the seed. Not my favorite player, but I'm hoping the fit works out well. We'll see. In free agency, these guys spent some money on some guys that I really like. I like this free agency class, which shocked the hell out of me. They got defensive end Carl Lawson, three years, $45 million in the Cincy. I thought he was going to get like $80 million. So I thought this was a steal by the Jets.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Um, So I kind of changed my opinion. Initially, when the Jets made these moves, I thought they were okay. Maybe because I thought they were going to do something really stupid, like they usually do, but I didn't think they did. So, clearly, uh, Salah is influencing this team for the better. And um, so looking back on these moves, I actually like some of them quite a bit.
0: So, I agree with you. Uh, we had issues with Corey Davis because we thought he was going to get $65 million. Instead, the wide receiver got three years, $37.5 million from Tennessee. That's a perfectly fine contract for him to get. They got the defensive tackle, Sheldon Rankins, two years, $11 million from New Orleans. Still a really good player. They got the tackle, Morgan Moses, one year, $3.6 million from Washington. He's a, a pro- professional offensive tackle. Not great, not terrible. They got the receiver, Keelan Cole, one year, $5.5 million from Jacksonville. They got a former star safety, LaMarcus Joyner, one year, $3 million from Vegas they got Dan Feeney, the guard, one year, three and a half million from the Chargers. These are all professional football players. The team went from being terrible to being respectable overnight. I was shocked by this. The Jets always do stupid things. And these things weren't stupid, Webb. What was your favorite
1: pick signing of these guys? Which one, which one do you like best? Interesting question. Uh, I'll probably say Carl Lawson was the best. my favorite pick. And another interesting thing, LaMarcus Joyner was the oldest free agent that they signed. And he's only 30 years old. So I thought that was pretty interesting as well.
0: I would not have guessed that. That's crazy. Lamarcus Joyner was a star, by the way, before he went to Vegas. Yeah. He was excellent. Vegas destroyed him. One year three million dollars is a steal for him. I like I don't hate any of these moves. Sheldon Rankins is good. Corey Davis is a fine receiver. Like these are all good players. I think they did a good job. And their losses weren't terrible. They lost their guard, Pat Elfline, three years, 13 million to Carolina. Eh. They lost Henry Anderson, defensive end, two years, 7 million to New England. He doesn't fit this offense, this defense, though. He's not a fit of how they play. Right. So I think that's fine. They're not going to miss it. Agreed. They lost Superstar, uh, Super Bowl MVP, Joe Flacco, one year, three and a half million to Philly. So that might hurt him eventually, but I think they'll be okay. They'll, they'll, they'll get over it, I think.
1: I agree. And. A couple other guys, I'm not sure if you mentioned them that they that they signed, who I liked as well were. Oh, sorry, sorry, were, were Gerard Davis out of Detroit. Um, I thought it was solid for depth. He's not like an amazing uh, linebacker, but like you said, like professional, um, you know, reliable in the league and uh, for depth. Kevin Coleman, I I thought it wasn't bad. It's nothing gonna put you over the top, but
0: for depth. I agree with you. I miss those guys. You're right. Those. Kevin Coleman is a good player for a while. He's not a bad player at all. You're right. That's good. That's good moves. The Jets aren't messing things up, man. This is confusing to me.
1: Yeah. I'm
0: used to them being terrible. Yeah. Right. And their last loss I want to talk about was uh, Brashad Perryman. One year. Two and a half million to Detroit. He can't catch. He's. (laughs) He, He got a little better at catching. But not much. Like. I don't understand how he was a first round pick. Who just literally could not catch the ball. It's crazy to me. Yeah, it's crazy. When he catches, I'm genuinely like what? That's amazing. I'm like okay. <laughs> So good for him. Get some more money, but I have no issue with the Jets letting him go. Uh, I they have they have a lot of cash space. They have twenty five point seven million, the third most cash base. It's possible a good player gets cut this year because a rookie starts outshining them. And they could sign that guy. So they still have some room to make some moves. I think the Jets are in a good situation going forward. That being said, this team is not perfect. They have some strengths and weaknesses. What is their strongest unit in your mind?
1: For me, the clearest one is the receiving core for the Jets. For me. I like what they have. Um, I wouldn't have been saying this last year because this team was just an absolute mess. But Corey Davis, Jameson Crowder, who has been very productive for the Jets for the last couple of years, Keelan Cole, drafting Elijah Moore, also Denzel Mims, who's fine. But that um, collected. Yeah. He's
0: he's got hope. I, I don't hate him. He's okay. Yeah. But I agree yeah. with you. Yeah. He's the lower end of that roster.
1: Yeah. Solid, solid receiving core.
0: I agree. And they did not make my list. Wow. So that yeah. I had their offensive line as their strength. And it was a dumpster fire there last year. Makai Becton is a monster, left tackle. Morgan Moses is a professional right tackle. George Fitt is a very good swing tackle, can play both positions. Elijah Tucker, who you and I both love at left guard. Connor McGovern is an NFL center. This is a real offensive line now that has some upside. They can run the ball, they can pass protect. I think the left side of that line with Beckton and Elijah Tucker is going to be one of the best in football. Those are just monster human beings. I think it's going to be a
1: really good unit. I agree with you. The offensive line is very strong. They're my runner-up. I Everyone that you mentioned, Makai Becton, uh, AVT, I'll just call him, Elijah Ferrer Tucker, uh, Conor McGovern, said McGregor.
0: Why did you say AVT and then say his name? You're the worst.
1: In case the listeners didn't know who I was talking about, AVT, Conor McGovern, almost said Conor McGregor, and uh, Morgan Moses, solid, solid team. They have no... Well, I'll get into this later, but this team should not be bad.
0: I agree. I think it's going to be a... I was shocked that... I thought the Jets were going to be terrible, and I even tried to trick you before this pod saying you texted me, like, I just finished the Jets, and I was like, they're trash. I was hoping to trick you, and apparently it did not work.
1: What did I say when you said that? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't... I read it. I just didn't say anything. I was like... It okay. was
0: dead silence. I was hoping. <laughs> I was like, maybe I'll get him, and it did not work. Nope. (laughs) Their runner-up for me was the D-line. I think Carl Lawson is a superstar. Uh, Maybe a little under that, but Quentin Williams is excellent. Sheldon Rankins is a really good player still. Vinny Curry in a limited role can still play. Like, I think these guys are good. I think that's a strong unit. I think their two best defensive players are Quentin Williams and Carl Lawson. And I think they're two of the best players in their positions in the league. And I don't think anywhere else in the Jets has that kind of Star power, so I had them as my runner-up.
1: That's solid. I like them. I also think that the linebackers aren't too bad. CJ Mosley's coming back. I like Gerard Davis. I think it's a solid team. Like, I was shocked. I Before I did this uh, this uh, breakdown of the roster, I thought the Jets were, were going to win maybe four games. So there's a little spoiler alert. I don't have them winning four games. Um, but <laughs> this team's not bad, at least on paper.
0: They're not perfect either, though. What is their weakest unit in your eyes? I think we're going to agree here because it's one of the
1: worst in football. Uh, I have a tie. So it's going to be the corners.
0: Ding, ding, ding.
1: And the backfield.
0: I did not have that as their second worst unit, but I could have. But I think the corners is where they don't have a single NFL starter on there. It like gets really bad. Justin Hardy, Bryce Hall. They drafted Michael Carter, Bennett Jackson. None of these guys started in a good team. None of them are, it's like the number three corner. And it's really bad because it's maybe the worst corner depth of any team in football.
1: I agree. And, and and that's why I had an issue with their draft or the issue I had with their draft. They waited until the fifth round to uh, select Jason Pinnock. Like they needed a, a DB really badly. I think they could have gotten one earlier.
0: The problem. I agree. They should have done it earlier, but they had so many holes that no matter who they took, they were going to not take somebody at a hole. It's a sure. it's problem with sucking so bad, right? Like, you got to fill something. <laughs> They're it's so bad. They had, yeah, they had holes everywhere. Like they addressed their running back situation in the third round or fourth round. They traded up to get Elijah Vera Tucker, so they lost their third round pick. Like they lost picks, getting like filling holes, and you can only fill so many holes. They needed a receiver. Like yeah, no matter what they were doing, they were going to have issues. And I think they just said, okay, we'll be we'll be bad at, we'll be at a corner. Hopefully, our pass rush can fix some of this. But it's really bad.
1: I agree. Maybe they should uh, talk to Sam Presti and see how they can stockpile draft picks. But he does nothing with them, so maybe not good advice either. So what the Cleveland Browns
0: did for like seven years there for a while?
1: Yeah, essentially.
0: Yeah. Uh, my runner-up was the tight end situation. Tyler Croft is meh. Chris Herndon is good, but he's never healthy. I Never. And Ryan Griffin is below average. He's yeah. I just think there's, from what I know about this offense, they like to use this tight end quite a bit, and they don't have a guy where I'm like that's a good player. It's a lot of mediocre. But you saying their running back situation, it's also terrible. Who is their starter? Do you know
1: who it's going to be? I imagine Tevin Coleman, but he can't, he can't uh, run the ball for three downs straight. So he'll start, but I think it'll be a committee. This is really bad.
0: Yeah. I was thinking Michael Carter, because he was a fourth-round pick. But he's kind of the same boat. I don't think he can be a 3 down running back. I have no idea how this is going to play out. It could be Josh Adams, Coleman, P. Ryan, or Carter, and I would not be surprised. I have no idea how this is going to play. I I think you're right. I think that actually is worse than the tight end room. You're right. That is worse. It,
1: it, it's probably the worst backfield in the league, but I'll have to check back. Uh, The other teams to see if that's true. For some reason, I thought
0: they had a good running back. In my brain, I thought that Le'Veon Bell was still there for a second. (laughs) I totally forgot. I was like, wait a second. Why didn't I choose this? I was like, I thought Le'Veon was still there. And I was like, no, wait, he's been gone for a year and a half. (laughs) I think this season is all about Zach Wilson's development. If Zach Wilson is good, this team will be good. If he's bad, they'll be terrible. I think if this team wins six games, internally they will view it as a success if they're mediocre they'll view it as a win because they're not terrible anymore i'm not sure they win six games webb what do you think their record is this season
1: seven and ten literally what i have seven and ten i think this team's been the laughing stock of the league for a little bit and i think they really had a good offseason so yeah i
0: have them winning six games being six and eleven i think That Sam Darnold is a better quarterback than Zach Wilson. I think if they had done this last season and given Sam Darnold some help and not been complete trash, they wouldn't have needed to use the number two pick on Zach Wilson. They could have traded it or taken Kyle Pitts or done basically anything else, and Sam Darnold would have been successful there. I think he's going to have a really good year in Carolina. I think they're gonna regret this in two years, but I think their team will be decent this year. Six wins. That's
1: fair. That's fair. Um, Yeah, they don't even have a good uh, roster of quarterbacks to start this season. Like I know they drafted Zach Wilson one overall, but they don't even have like someone who's really dependable um, to really start the season. James Morgan. James Morgan had
0: was a undrafted free agent guy last year. I think with a huge arm. Josh Johnson has been in the league off and on for a long time, I think.
1: Right?
0: He's the guy that was in Tampa, I think. Is that right?
1: Yeah, we love Josh Johnson. Did we? I think so, for like a game or two.
0: Yeah, he was good. Yeah, that's right. He was okay for like three games, and then it was a lot of nothing. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so I have my standings in the AFC East Buffalo 12 and 5, New England second at 10 and 7, the Jets third at 6 and 11. At Miami fourth at five and twelve. Webb, what do you have for your standings in the end?
1: God damn. Uh I have the Bills 12 and 5, so they're number one. The Pats 11 and 6, number 2. I have the Dolphins uh 10 and 7, so they're they're third in the in the in, oh god in the AFC East. And then uh the Jets seven and ten last. But huge improvement from two and fourteen. Yeah, seriously.
0: You have this as a pretty successful division. I think that's really interesting. During our last show, you asked me, do you have a bold prediction for this division? I'm going to return that to you. Do you have a bold prediction for the AFC East?
1: Yeah, I don't even think this is bold, and I've kind of been saying it for the entire show. Uh, But there will not be one running back who hits anywhere close to 1,000 yards out of all four teams. I don't know if you count this as bold. If you consider it bold, it might be straightforward. But not one running back will hit 1,000 yards in this entire division. I don't think you can find another division in the NFL that won't have at least one running back hit 1,000 yards.
0: That's a good one. And I'm looking at these things. I'm looking at all the teams right now. I think you're probably right, which is crazy. I can't think of the Patriots guy, Jamie Harris, maybe, but probably not with how they use your backfield. That's a good call. That's a good one, Webb. I'm, I'm quite proud of you there. Good job.
1: I enjoyed that. That was good.
0: (laughs) I have my moments. I also have a prediction. Jacoby Brissett starts more games in Miami than Tua Tagovailoa this
1: year. Oh. So is Tua done? Is Tua out of Miami in 2022? No. Because
0: I think he's going to get hurt. I just With the offensive line and no running game and them wanting to throw deep with who they drafted and signed, he's going to be in the pocket. And he's going to be susceptible to hits. And Alabama, he got hurt. The hip injury it didn't recover fully last year. I think it's going to happen again. He's not a big guy. He's a small guy. I, just, I think that Jacoby Brissett probably starts like nine games. I think that could be a serious injury. I would. I think Brissett starts
1: more games than Tua this year. Wow, that is bold. I didn't think of that one.
0: My favorite Doritos are bold barbecue for a reason.
1: Sweet chili heat all day.
0: <laughs> Those are good ones too. It's uh, <laughs> so. We agree at the top. The only disagreement really had was my Miami. So I think we both think the Jets will be better. We think New England's going to be around, and Buffalo is the cream of the crop here. So yeah. not not too much difference. Miami is where we'll see who's better at this this year.
1: That's that's a huge discrepancy. That's huge. I had double the amount of wins.
0: Yeah, it's uh and honestly you know what's gonna happen Miami's gonna start like six and one I'm gonna get a text from Webb like hey what happened to five wins (laughs) that's for sure coming and I'm already furious at myself for doing this
1: (laughs) no I'm not uh, you know what I'm not even gonna do that I remember when uh remember when Brett Favre went to the Jets and they started off like six and one or seven and one and they still missed the playoffs (laughs) I'm not doing that. I'm not doing yeah, that until then. Miami gets about nine wins. Then I'll text you. <laughs> yeah, Brett Favre fell off that year. That was bad. That was really bad. <laughs> really bad. Great start to the season and just yeah. fell off.
0: Okay. Uh, we'll be back next week with the NFC South. Is that what we agreed on? Uh, I think so. Okay, perfect. Everybody, please go follow <laughs> us on Twitter at, the rookie, at rookie Phenoms. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcast. We really appreciate it. We have anything to add with this AFC
1: East before we get out of here. It'll be very interesting this season. I think this is a good division. It's going to be fun. And I think um, Buffalo improved, but I think the other teams in the division, Cooper probably disagree, improved more than Buffalo did. Maybe not Miami. Maybe Miami didn't improve as much as Buffalo. But I think the Jets and the Pats improved way more than Buffalo did.
0: I think the Pats and Jets did improve more than Buffalo. I think people are underselling how good Ryan Fitzpatrick is as a quarterback. He's a good quarterback. He's not great, but he's not terrible. And I think going from good to probably below average is a huge step down. But we'll see. I can't wait, man. is getting closer. I'm so excited right now. Like I cannot wait.
1: I I have one more question for you. Do you think there's a chance that the Bills are mediocre?
0: 100%, yes. Okay. If Josh Allen jumped last year was just a blip, and then he can't keep this up, which is possible. He went from bad to okay to excellent. And it's possible that he actually is just good and not excellent.
1: Yeah.
0: If that's where he is, it's gonna be tough. The whole roster is good, so they won't fall off a cliff. But if he goes from being a nine point five out of ten to being a seven point five out of ten, which is for sure possible. They're what, like a nine-win team? An eight-win team? Yeah. He made amazing plays that... Ne- he made plays that only Mahomes and Ro- Mahomes could do. Because Rodgers isn't as mobile anymore. And Allen's probably more mobile than Mahomes at this point. Probably a better runner. He's bigger. He has had no injury history like Mahomes has. So he's probably the best... The most physically gifted quarterback in the league. In terms That's of... Right. Like, Lamar is obviously different. Differently, differently gifted than Allen is, but I don't think anyone has the skills that Allen does. But if it just comes down a little bit, they could definitely. I could see New England winning this division pretty easily if that happens. That's fair. Can't wait, man! Like three more, four more weeks to football. I cannot wait. Getting excited.
1: We season tonight, buddy.
0: Before the show started, I was talking trash how I'm not watching any of these games, and now I'm definitely watching both of these games. 100 going to happen. <laughs> Thank you ever for listening. Have a great night.
1: We out.